If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right side to Foley with a shot. Save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. What's up, Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kimball. We got a fun little show lined up for you, and we got a surprise as well. But before I get into that, I want to let you know that you can find us on social media. We are, of course, on Twitter. We're at two spots. You can find us at Hockey underscore Royalty and at Royalty underscore Pod. Got to make sure we get those underscores in. We're also on Facebook and on YouTube at Hockey Royalty. Now, the surprise that I was talking about. The band is back together. You know, for these past few podcasts, it's been a combination of two of the original three guys on this podcast. But today, just for you, our listening public, we've got us all back together. You know, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm an old school WWF wrestling fan. And this <laughs> kind of feels like when Demolition added the third member, right? Because remember when, when Crush came in, then the matches were either Axe and Crush or Smash and Crush or whatever. It was always a different combination. But now... All three of our demolition is back. So without further ado, I'm going to bring them in. I have got first the editor-in-chief of HockeyRoyalty.com. This is the guy that makes the world of Hockey Royalty go around. He is our leader. He is our Presidente. He is the one, the only, Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's going on, brother? Hey, Scott. How are we doing? It's good to have everyone in the same room. I know. Is it? It's, it's almost weird. I know. I, should, I can leave if you want. No, no, not necessary. Don't, Please don't. don't. Yeah, let's, let's not do that. We're not going to let you. <laughs> and that other voice you heard is, of course, the emperor of analytics. He is the prince of PDO. He is the count of Corsi. He is the incomparable, the one, the only, Russell Morgan. What's going on, Russ? 
What's going on, guys? I like the the demolition wrestling yeah. intro. Like we're supposed to know what that is. Right? <laughs> well, I'll talk about YouTube it. I've looked it up and the outfit. Is it is it a black and white Scott from your era? Sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but they had awesome music, and any any old school wrestling fan will tell you that. <laughs> Good enough. Absolutely. Uh, just remember, they had some great wars with the Heart Foundation. And speaking of great wars, we had one last night, the renewal of the face-off uh, series, uh, or the freeway face-off, I'm sorry. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks were in town. They were at the, well, soon to be changed, but Staples Center. We're still going to yeah. call it the Stapler. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, it looked grim for a while, guys, but our Kings did make a comeback, and we did end up getting a point out of it. What was your thoughts on the game? We'll start with you, Russ. Uh, lots to take away. Unfortunate second period. A lot of it seems like it's weird. There's been a lot of strange goals going against the Kings. Second game in a row, I think that a goal has gone in off Edler after uh, one of the Kings goalies made a save. So, um, but besides that, there just seemed to be some defensive breakdowns that happened in that second period. I mean, the first period they looked really good. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just a typical Kings period where they dominate in shots and puck possession, but they really just can't score any goals. And that's kind of been the MO of the Kings starts to the the season. Um, And then we saw what happened in the second period. And then in the third period, they just exploded. And it was almost like once I saw that, um, that second goal going for the Kings, you can kind of feel the energy in the building and just the momentum that was carrying towards the Kings side. And then you saw the eye follow through a second goal go in. And then finally Dustin Brown just was able to get off the schneid and put one in to tie the game. And I mean, it was, it was an exciting period. I mean, it was probably the loudest I've heard stable center since this whole season. Um, But I mean, it's, it's weird because I mean, you think about the Arizona game, you come out of that with a point and you're just like heads are down. (laughs) this game you come out of it with a point and you're like okay well it's not the worst thing in the world but still the same result kings unfortunately only have one win on the on the homestand so yeah it's kind of yeah it's i I don't know what to say don't forget carl grunson had a a goal waved off in that third period too a little bit Mm -hmm. of a little bit of controversy i uh you know it's kind of funny with the nhl it seems like they, they change the rules all the time whereas apparently that goal could have counted if they had said that Shattenkirk was going to play the puck, which, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and cry sour grapes or whatever it is, what it is, but kind of looked to me on the replay that the guy tried to play the puck. I mean, he put it right into his own goaltender, but mm-hmm. whatever, it is what it is. Ryan, your thoughts? Yes, I, I guess I'll share my funny story with our listeners. Um, so <clears throat> you guys all know I'm in Chicago, so two hours, um, you know, uh later start time for me so 9 30 last night first intermission my eyelids were getting pretty heavy and um sitting up in the second period all of a sudden i woke up and i looked at my tv and it said your streaming event has ended and i missed the (laughs) entire game i looked at my phone there were a ton of goals scored but i went back i watched it this morning um but yeah obviously the grunstrom goal uh, I read something um, on LA Kings Insider this morning from just some quotes and stuff, uh, you know, Kopitar kind of settling down the bench after that happened because that can kind of shake up some of the younger guys, make them lose confidence and whatnot. And it seemed like he kind of rallied them around to say, come on, let's do this. We can keep going. Um, and they obviously did. They tied it back up. It was good to see Dustin Brown uh, get off the schneid, getting scored in quite some time. Um and Ayafalo just keeps doing his thing, yeah. But 
Uh, it would have been nice to uh, to get the two points over Anaheim. Um, to me, it still feels like that Arizona game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just because the homestand hasn't gone, you know, the way I think we all had hoped it would go. Yeah, I'll tell you something, you know, and, and I don't want to be, you know, Mr. One-Up guy, but I, as you know, I'm in upstate New York, so I'm three hours. Yeah. I, I actually had to make a cup of coffee to yeah. start the game, so I know exactly how you feel. And I will tell you that after that fourth Anaheim goal, I was about ready to lose my mind. I'm like, <laughs> you've got to be, this this can't be happening, Right. And uh, but I'll tell you, props, props to the Kings for keeping it together and, and for making a comeback, because in all reality, this team could have just laid down and died right there at that. For point sure. Said, it's mm-hmm. over. It's over. But you know what? We did get our perennial all star Norris contender Drew Doughty back. And I'll tell you, if anybody thought that he was going to be eased back into the lineup, Oh, would they have been wrong? <laughs> oh, man. What do you have? Almost like 28 minutes last night, didn't he? Yeah, almost 28 minutes. He had like what over – he led the obviously the team uh, in minutes in the first period. So just out of the gates, that was just telling that they weren't going to ease him back in. You know, I think it was the Pepto-Bismol that he had that got him going. <laughs> yeah, I had I had a, a follower ask me like, 21, 23 minutes. What do you think? The over, under? And I'm like – it's Drew Doughty. Yeah. You, know, it, yeah. you know if he's healthy, he's not going to be eased back into it. I mean, right. And he even mentioned that. He he had been – I think – or Jim, Jim Fox mentioned that he was wanting to get back on the ice just like a month ago. And they were like, no, 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 pump the brakes. we got to right, hold right. you off for a bit. So, I mean, you can just tell. Like, that's just the player we've known Drew to be. I mean, you, he's always going to be a resilient player. He's never really been hurt throughout his career. This is really one of the more major injuries he's suffered. So, for him to come back as quick as he did – and play the minutes that he did and have the impact that he did that it was a good sign for the Kings going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think about that, Ryan? Yeah, it was a very, very cool moment to have him back. You know, uh, is, uh, I love seeing, you know, uh, Dowdy quarterback in the power play unit and the first power play unit and then having Jersey on the second one, it just makes that, uh, makes the special teams so much more formidable. Um, you know, from an offensive standpoint, which we all know has been uh, kind of a, a hot topic, you know, the last several seasons, just scoring goals. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was good to see. But I thought it was a little interesting that he said he hadn't been this nervous, uh, Dowdy. Um, he said he hadn't been this nervous since maybe his first NHL game. Yeah, I'm like, when he said that, I was thinking, like, the Stanley Cup Finals? Did yeah. You, yeah. Did you nervous at all? <laughs> yeah, it was nothing. Uh, <laughs> just or the Olympics game. or anything. But <laughs> just, I guess, yeah. yeah, it's just, I guess he was just kind of nervous just to, I guess, more or less just to test out the knee mm-hmm. and just see yeah. how it was in terms of an yeah, injury exactly. standpoint. So I, think, I, I think get that's what it was. Yeah, I, I totally get that. I mean, when you're a player that plays, like, as many minutes as he does, you want to make sure that your your body is able to, to kind of – catch up with your mind and all this decisions you're making. And after he said after the first two shifts, he was ready to go. So yeah, yeah good, I, good was, sign. I was kind of watching him solely focused on when I was awake, um, uh, solely focused in on him through his first few shifts, just watching how he um, skated and stopped and start and stuff like that. And he looked fine to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. But you know, as Todd said, we'll kind of see how it goes as uh, you know, um, the wear and tear starts to, take its effect yeah, yeah but you know what though i'll tell you that this time that he's had off might actually help him later on in the season if his knee is indeed fully healthy because he he got you know 
over a month of rest. Really. Yeah, 16 games. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, it could. It'll be 32 in seven days. Yeah, so there um, could be a silver lining on all this. And, and Ryan, you mentioned Sean Dersey earlier. And you know what? Dersey has had at least one point in all three games he's played for the Kings since being called up. Now, it's a very small sample size. I get mm-hmm. it. But you know what? It, is this kid for real? I mean, it is because I'll tell you, he, he looks comfortable in the L.A. lineup. He, he really does. Um, I think what's telling to me the most about his comfortability is his quick decision-making. You know, back there at the blue point, he's not afraid to shoot the puck. Like, he's not hesitant or anything. He knows exactly what he wants yeah. to do. That tells me that's a player that's ready for his time in the NHL. And I tell you what, you just came up with a new word, and I love it, comfortability. Comfort, comfort, comfortability. <laughs> yeah, we'll roll with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to run that by demolition, see what they think. Yeah, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, your thoughts on Sean Dersey? Yeah, he's, he's been, I mean, he's almost been even more than I thought he would be. I thought he'd be, a, he'd have a, some nerves coming into the NHL, but yeah, he's been doing a lot of the plays that we saw him do when he was with the rain. Uh, I know uh, last year he had his ups and downs in terms of uh, his defensive playmaking, but his, his offense has been pretty much what we kind of have, have expected. I mean, and during that, um, I follow second goal to make it four, three, they had doubt or McClellan had Dowdy and Jersey Dur- out there together. And I was actually just about to tweet out something about seeing that. And then sure enough, I follow scores a goal. And I was like, oh, well, maybe that's something that they should look further into is bringing some more offense from the blue line. I know, I know the Bannerman posted last night that the Ducks had two goals from defensemen last night in last night's game, and the Kings have only had two goals from the King from the Kings blue line all year. Yeah. So, I mean, there needs to be some sort of, like, offense coming from the blue line, and that's what exactly what Dursey's been able to bring. And he's showing that in the box score in each game so far. And, and Dowdy's goal uh, came in the opener. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first game. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But, you know, guys, we've said it over and over again, you know, before Jersey was brought up, that once you get past Dowdy, the Kings basically have the same five defensemen as far as style-wise. Mm-hmm. You know, defensive-minded first, and it's, of course, what you want in your defenseman. But yeah, the, it's, it's obvious that the offense is sorely lacking from the blue line. And, yeah. you know, if, if Dersey can keep this up, you know, yeah, I know he's not he's not on the left side. And that's kind of what Rob Blake wants is the quote unquote young, dynamic left defenseman. Right. I get it. But sometimes you got to take what you can get. And well, they could find that, you know, Alex Settler's here for one year, presumably. They could mm-hmm. find that um, in the off season. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So. Brent Clark. They... <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll yeah. get to that in a minute. But there was one uh, one person that was notably missing from last night's game, and that was Brendan Lemieux. Brendan Lemieux was suspended five games by the NHL for, uh, for the biting incident, which we'll just call bite gate. Uh, Brady to Chuck. Bite Tyson. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, during their game on Saturday. Uh, of course, that stirred up quite a bit of controversy. Um to Chuck had some choice words to say about Lemieux and uh, Jonathan quick jumped into his teammates defense. Like all good teammates do. So fellas, what's your thoughts on the, uh, the whole incident, the suspension and all the hullabaloo around it. Yeah. I mean, 
just to kind of lead, I mean, it's hard to see on the video where it actually happened. Um, I'm certainly not defending Brennan Lemieux um, in any case, but, uh, you know, I don't see what Brady Kachuk was trying to do, pushing Blake Lazat out of the crease there with uh, six minutes left when he wasn't even doing anything. Like, he wasn't disrupting the goaltender or anything like that. Right. So I, I like him coming to his defense for sure. I mean, the Kings need players like that on this roster, the gritty um, – the gritty type and that's why that fourth line has been so successful um this season is because of you know the tenacity of Lazat and Lemieux and then also you have the the scoring touch in Kaliev which I mean colored me surprised that that's actually worked that actually worked out <laughs> yeah I know right um but you know kind of circling back uh, it's hard to see on the video where he actually may have bit him but obviously, yeah. you know, Kachuk came up with some blood on his on his. It looked like the inside of his palm, which yeah. isn't isn't Lemieux wearing a, a mouth guard or. I, I mean, it could have fallen out. I mean, who knows? I mean, you're talking about a scrum at this point, right? right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I don't know. Again, like you just said, Ryan, the the video it's so hard to tell anything in that video, as far as yeah. what actually happened. Um. You know, of course, I I don't condone biting. That's kind of you know, I don't know, disgusting. <laughs> to say the least. I don't I don't know if I would want to you know bite somebody anyways. But uh, you know, I, maybe it was just a, as a reaction to having his hand shoved into his face underneath his visor. Uh, maybe he was thinking he was Ozzy Osbourne for a second. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I have no idea. But it's gonna hurt missing Brendan Lemieux for five games because regardless of what you think and what he did. Uh, he has become a very integral part of this team. Well, and they have over the past past few games. I mean, look what he brings. And here's the other thing: the, for all the you know the the prospects and all the talent that's coming forward, you know, through the uh, pipeline, the Kings are suddenly not a very physical team anymore. It used to be you would never push the LA Kings around ever, <laughs> and now mm, not so much so, right? Mm-hmm. So Brendan Lemieux brought that physicality and that you know. Uh, how do I, I want to say tough guy? Maybe I don't know. If that's the best way yeah, to put it. We'll go with the, that. The making, this paper. is the show to make up words. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, just to, yeah. <laughs> uh, just to kind of bounce off what you said, you know, the Kings are after last night. They're now oh five and two without Lemieux in the lineup. They're nine three and two with him in. So there's just something about having him in the lineup that gives them an edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was just I, – I think he got actually lucky. He only got five games. from So from what it sounded like, they only could identify one biting um, situation where, or one time where he actually bit Kachuk. And I think Kachuk had mentioned that he bit him twice. I mean, my it, it looked like during the scrum that Kachuk kind of was pushing down on Lemieux's face and probably got his hand. Like if you push down on somebody, you get your palm in You're their right. mouth. Yeah. And Lemieux trying to get Lemieux trying to get his his hand out of his face, but I mean, it's a warranted suspension. Obviously, we're not trying to right. condone biting or sure. anything. I mean, especially with COVID going on, Absolutely. You, you don't want players touching other players in with in that kind of way, yeah, guess, especially but, with what the Senators just went through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah, but it, it, 
I mean, five games, yeah, it makes sense. And he's just lucky he didn't get more. And um, But, yeah, like you mentioned, Scott, there's not really any other players on the Kings that kind of can bring what Lemieux can bring. And that's something that we kind of expected um, this season. The Kings really aren't the old big Kings that we kind of remembered in terms of yeah. grinding those Daryl Sutter type teams. Um, they're really kind of a small team and, and more of like a finesse team, I guess. And that's, that's a big loss to lose for Lemieux when the Kings haven't won a game with him in the lineup. Yeah, exactly. Or with and, him out of the lineup. And uh, they did mention in the uh, Department of Player Safety video uh, that with Lemieux being a repeat offender, he has been suspended twice before. That played a factor into the five games as well. So, mm-hmm. yep, we're going to have to live without him four more games. So they're going to have to make do. And I'll tell you, you know, Carl Grunstrom replaced him last night. And Grunstrom, you know, he plays that physical game as well. Not quite to the edge that Lemieux does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think there's not a lot of guys who can get to that point. But no, I think he's up there though with uh, Dustin Brown in terms of hits, though, right? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, absolutely. He does. That's that's the type of game he brings. He's more. He's almost kind of that power forward. It's also his and, birthday today, so happy, bur- yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Carl Tonka. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, yep. But yeah, the Kings need that. I mean, there's there's this lack of like almost like a power forward in the top six. I mean, you think about with the second line right now with I follow Deneau and Arvidsson. Yeah, those are all great players, but you don't really have that kind of grit, that that Milan Lucic kind of brain style of hockey that we saw a couple of years ago, or even on the top line with Dustin Brown, who's who's getting up there in age, and Kobatar has always been who he is, and, and Kempe is just kind of flying around the ice. So there's really that kind of lack of that Lemieux or Lucic type style of play in the top six, and that hopefully that's something that they address maybe in the next offseason. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. That's a very good point. And I'll tell you, you know, not for nothing, uh, there is a guy that's down in Ontario right now that does throw some hits every once in a while. He's got speed to burn, and that's Austin Wagner. But we're not going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know about half the listeners just tuned right out. I mean, <laughs> I think a hockey player just missed a breakaway goal from Michigan. I was just going to make it across the country. <laughs> I was just going to make that joke. <laughs> I know you were Ryan. You're like the king of dad jokes around here. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, you know what? I tell you, we've we've covered the forwards, we've covered the defensemen. Now let's cover some prospect talk here. Um, Brandon Clark, or I'm sorry, Brant Clark. Mm-hmm. I'm still thinking of Brendan Lemieux. Sorry, Brant <laughs> Clark. Uh, he was snubbed by Team Canada for the World Juniors. Quite surprisingly, actually, uh, everybody thought he was a shoe in. Um, I don't believe there's been an official reason given yet, has there? No, I just think they didn't choose him. Yeah, I mean, I I just didn't know if there was you know maybe others some other yeah, talk that uh, out that you know for whatever reason they decided not to. Um, but I I'll tell you if they're if they're skipping over Clark, then this team Canada must be absolutely loaded. Well, I mean, you bring you bring that up, Scott, but I have the their preliminary uh, their selection camp roster in front of me. They have just two right shot defensemen on their mm-hmm. selection camp roster, which kind of is even more of a head scratcher. I mean, granted, obviously they'll be expecting some of the lefties to play on their offside, but don't you want a guy on your team that currently leads the OHL and or OHL uh, among defensemen and points? <laughs> right. Like I, I don't know. This is just totally befuddling to me 
Yeah, and I, I don't want I don't want Kings fans to like think this is like something to do with a, or there's a problem with his development or type of games. I mean, there's been big World Junior snubs in past seasons. I mean, Tyler Toffoli has been snubbed, Max Domi has been snubbed, Darnell Nurse been snubbed. So there's been players that have been snubbed before going into the World Juniors. But and it's funny, Ryan, you you found that Mark Yannetti article where they asked him a couple questions about it. And he was kind of, he, I mean, he sounded really disappointed and I can't blame him. I mean, you, you think about when you draft a player that, uh, with the type of caliber and um, development that Brant Clark can bring, I mean, scouting departments look at the world juniors as almost like a next step in their development in terms yeah. of a big event for them. So for Brant Clark not to get that opportunity, it's kind of a disappointment because you want him to play those big games and show off his skill to not only to the management staff, but also to the fans as well. So that way they have something to look forward to. And now he, he's not going to have the opportunity. And, and there's really, Scott, there's just no reason that given why. I mean, like you mentioned, Ryan, too, it's yeah. just he's leading the OHL in points for defensemen. And at like an alarming rate, at like one of the best rates in the last like five or ten years. I mean, he's I playing know. ridiculously good hockey. He was just given the captaincy for Barry. So – there's really it's just really a befuddling decision really by team canada yeah and just to take that one step further he leads uh ohl defenseman of points and the guys behind him have like at least two or three games in hand on him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow so, mm-hmm. yeah so i mean it's not like he had one huge game and he's basically riding that to the the points like mean, he's been uh, just consistent across the board I, yeah i just don't get it from a roster construction either you know you have two right shot defensemen and then you got all lefties uh, whatever it's their problem now i guess yeah right well mm-hmm. i'll tell you that maybe that'll put a definite big chip on his shoulder going into next for sure so, yeah you know. well I, I mean it's going to be a good world junior stamp from from a king's fan standpoint i mean brock favor was named to the u.s roster i mean he's he's presumably i don't want to make any assumptions at this point now after Brant Clark, but I mean, he's presumably <laughs> going to make the roster and pro- I, I think he's probably going to wear a letter because he's one of the few returnings coming mm-hmm. back to the team. Um, so Brock Faber will be there. You have, I mean, the finished squad's going to be full of Kings presumably as well. I mean, you have Casper Simon Tyvel, you have Markinen in net, um, Atu Jamson or Jamson, uh-huh. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but he's, he's presumably going to be there as well. So there's a, there's a lot of Kings prospects that are going to be filling, um, rosters coming up in the next couple of days as well yeah do you think they're going to have as many as they did last year i mean it doesn't look like it i mean yeah i don't think so yeah brand clark or byfield byfield yeah excuse me byfield there so yeah it doesn't look like that but i mean i guess that's kind of a good thing you don't want you know when you're when you're a team that has a lot of good prospects (laughs) in the world juniors that means you're you're drafting really high in the last couple years so hopefully that kind of tailors off a little bit in the next couple of years and just for our listeners, what are the dates of the actual World Junior uh, Tournament? Ooh, I think it starts December 26th, I want to say. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, I yeah, believe usually right at Christmas time is when it... Yeah, I believe USA starts out with Finland. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, I mean... I... December 26th through Wednesday, January 5th. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because I mean... uh, just because, you know, Quentin Byfield is going to be back soon. And we're presuming that he's going to play for Canada in the in the World Juniors. So uh, I don't think he is, Scott. No, he wasn't oh. named to the roster. Yeah, he wasn't named to their um, selection camp roster today. Oh, so I missed that. No, oh, yeah, I did not pay attention, Scott, and then shoot your mm-hmm. mouth off. 
Great. No, no worries. Well, what else, what else is new there? No, you're not, I mean, you're not the <laughs> only one. There were, there were other people who thought that could have been a possibility. I mean, I never really saw that happening. I mean, you think about for the Kings right now with, I mean, you look at their history too. I mean, Rasmus Kupari, a first round draft pick, went to the World Juniors and had a, a severe leg injury that lost yeah. him a whole year. Yeah. Gabe Velarde was lost a whole year in development. So you've had these first round picks that have lost years in development for injuries that weren't suffered around King's activities. So to send Quentin Byfield, your most prized prospect now uh, yeah. super, for the future, to over to Team Canada to kind of just here take him and just kind of hopefully take care of him. I mean, that, that didn't really make a lot of sense. And, and once I saw Byfield skating with the Kings uh, a couple of days ago in the red jersey at practice, I was like, okay, that makes sense. He, he's most likely not going to go to Canada now. They have him skating with the team and, and actually the Kings too. So who knows? Maybe if he does go down to Ontario, get some um, conditioning games. Mm-hmm. But I mean, all in all, if we'll see, we're recording this before practice today. Who knows? Maybe he's in a regular contact jersey today and we see him a lot sooner than we think. I mean, it was just an ankle fracture. And Scott, you're you're a paramedic, and you know kind of like how those injuries, those bone injuries, heal a lot quicker than they would any type they of sure muscle do. injury. So maybe Absolutely. we see Quentin Byfield in the Kings lineup sooner rather than later. Well, not to mention that he's he's strong as an ox. So I mean that doesn't you know huge, such a big you know, guy. It's crazy. And you know, I tell you, I, you know, again, I was just presuming that he was going to go, but to me, I got to tell you something, guys. It, in in my head, it made no sense to have him play. I, and I understand the World Juniors are a big deal, and everybody mm-hmm. and I get it. Players want to represent their country. I, I totally understand that. But he's already played in two of them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, I think it's it's time now for the Kings. And honestly, I'm gonna. Here's another unpopular opinion. This is exactly why I don't like NHL players going to play in the Olympics. Because I get that. Under I understand you want to play for your country. You want to play for a gold medal totally get it but let's say that your your nhl team be the kings or whoever is riding high you're in first place or you're a strong contender for the cup you send one of your star players over to the olympics and all of a sudden they tear an acl or mm-hmm. they suffer a bad injury and now your season could very well be sunk over a, a non-team activity so mm-hmm. and again that's not a very popular opinion every time i say that people just look at me like oh you're crazy well be that as it may <laughs> I, I've, been much, I've been called much worse. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's just why it always kind of really scares me to see any kind of you know king's activities involved in the or I mean, like remember the World Cup of hockey when Gabrick uh, what is, is he broke his or he, he, he did something to his leg. Kimmer, he broke his well, leg or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I remember. It, it's interesting you bring that and up. And he just wasn't I, the same afterwards. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing in terms of the Olympics. I mean, you you talk to players, especially like Drew Doughty, who's who's constantly talking about the Olympics and his his strive to go back there and, and be a part of Team Canada, especially this coming um, Olympic um, Games. Um, but, yeah, you look back, there's been some big injuries. I remember John Tavares went down with a huge injury and yeah. actually had to miss the rest of the year for the Islanders. And that was right. during that was during a, a big time for the Islanders at, at that time. So, I mean, you look at the Olympics, there's still kind of like this kind of lingering question in the air whether it will actually move forward this year with – I mean, you look at all the COVID situations going on across the league. I mean, the Senators had a right. situation. Just look at the AHL. There's games being canceled left and right right now. So yep. there's still this kind of big question mark whether it's still going to take place. But I think it, there, I think the Olympics 
should just go back to the amateur players. I mean, I yeah. love, and this is this is tough for me to say because I love watching the Olympics. I mean, there's been some great. I mean, you remember the Oshi shootout? Yes. I mean, there's just been some remarkable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's been some remarkable games. Um, but I wouldn't mind them going back to the World Cup of Hockey, and, and yes, because then you can have it during the off season. You wouldn't really have to worry about breaking seasons up. Um, I, but I, the the problem I had with the last World Cup of Hockey is I didn't. I wasn't really a big fan of the North American team. I really, mean, you was, didn't like that? No, it was it was oh. fun to watch. But then I'm like, who are they representing? And I mean, I mean, is anyone in the U.S. really rooting for the North America team over? the u.s team or is anyone from canada really rooting for the north american team over the canadian team come on, it was man. they were the like, young guns yeah it was, they it was, were billy the kid like come fun, on like experiment i was like okay well that kind of takes the, the actual representation of the country out i mean at that time the u.s lost like austin all these great players and canada lost all these great players like i think mcdavid and and uh what was it mckinnon were on that team too. yeah I'm like yeah that was like the, one of the best teams you look back at it and ever assembled so who, who knows what will happen with the next couple uh, international tournaments coming up. So, <laughs> Oh man, such fun memories. Such yeah. Fun. Well guys, I'll tell you what we got, we're into December now it's December 1st. So let's look ahead to what the Kings are going to be facing here in the month of December and starting right off uh, while we're recording on Wednesday. So tomorrow night, Daryl Sutter comes back to town and I'll tell you what, Pardon the pun, but his Calgary Flames are red hot. <laughs> yes. See, I, I had to steal your dad dad joke, Thunder. That was good. I liked it. I had to, you know. Yeah, Sutter back for the first time since 2017. And the Flames, uh, I mean, we looked it up. We were talking about it for the show. Uh, you know, they've already recorded seven shutouts this year. <laughs> Man. So they're, the, they're obviously the league's uh, best defensive team. So, um Goals are going to be hard to come by uh, against the Flames tomorrow night, and it doesn't really get much, get much easier going from there. I did a, an article looking at just kind of the uh, the breakdown of the December schedule, and you know they'll have uh, three games or against uh, really two teams rather um, that they'll be facing that have records underneath under five hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not going to be easy at all. And, you know, I did fail to mention that tomorrow night to Trevor Lewis and Milan Lucic is going back as well. But I think the, the big story here is Daryl Sutter. What's your thoughts, Ross? Yeah, it'll be fun to see Daryl Sutter behind a, a stable center bench. Um, but, it, yeah, he's he's bringing exactly the type of hockey that we saw him with the Kings. I think the, the Flames are uh, – you mentioned, Ryan, they're, they're playing real good defensive hockey right now. So it's going to be a tough slog especially for other teams. I mean, if you're a betting man, I'd be betting the unders in every game that the Kings and Flames play each other for this this season. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine a lot of goals being scored, but yeah, it's going to be a tough uh, tough little uh, uh, game or tough game against the, the Calgary Flames tomorrow. Yeah, now that you say that, it'll be 7-6 tomorrow night. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, just the, the whole month is going to be very telling, in my opinion, of kind of what the Kings are going to do at the turn of the calendar. You know, let's say they win just the three games against Vancouver and Arizona and they lose the rest of them. Are they sellers then again at the March 21st deadline? Are they get are they selling off Dustin Brown? Are they selling off Athanasiu? Quick. Um, quick. Uh, I'd have to look at the rest of their um, 
uh, pending RFAs and UFAs, but I, I thought uh, I thought Brown was the only one. Brown, Athanasiu is one. I mean, yeah, yeah. So it, another year after this, it is going to be Edler. We'll see if teams Edler. look at a player like Edler. Oh yeah, Edler. That's especially right. going to be sought after in terms of his leadership. But yeah, I mean, this is what December is going to be a really telling uh, month for the Kings. Um, you'll have, I mean, you're presumably going to have the Olympic break in February, so really only have December and January to really evaluate the team <clears throat> as a as if they're going to actually be contenders going into the playoffs. I mean. Hopefully, if Byfield comes back and makes an impact and, and is the player that we all think that he will be, um, that'll help the third line tremendously. I mean, you slot him right there. Um, that's just another added size element I mean, that w- the Kings have been lacking. So, I mean, just his reach alone is probably is one of the best in the NHL. So, it's, it's going to be a, a huge month or a big month for the Kings coming up. Um, I, I kind of want to stop you guys here because Scott Wheeler actually just tweeted something. He... Got off the phone with team management group led by James James Boyd, and he said, in terms of Brant Clark's situation, he said, "We're building a team that's able to compete any way you want, and we recognize Brant as a great player, and he has a specific skill set. I think that Brant's an exciting player for Hockey Canada in the future, but we're going to celebrate the players that we've determined are going to give the coaches the most flexibility to create a team for those situations." So that's that's Hockey Canada's response, I guess, to the omission for Brant Clark. I have to mute myself and so they, yeah, it's, just, it's, just, it's still it's still <laughs> baffling. It's just yeah. it's just still so baffling. So they they used a lot of words to say nothing. Yeah, exactly. Basically. But I thought it was funny that he's a great player and he has a specific skill set. No, yeah, I'm not sure. he, he just has too much offense for us. We, uh, <laughs> Russ, make one of those Drake memes where it's like, uh, you know, where he does like the no and then yes or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see that after the pod. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, though, I mean. Great player, not coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, you know, it's amazing, though, guys, just how much the Arizona loss changed the complexion of everything. Mm-hmm. Right. We were just talking a couple of weeks ago that all the Kings had to do was tread water until mm-hmm. Dowdy came back and Byfield came back and they were going to be okay. And now all of a sudden it just seemed after that Arizona loss, because you know what? Yeah. We were probably kind of expecting them to lose to Washington and Carolina. Those sure. are, those are palatable losses. You can accept that. Right. Then you lose to Arizona. And now all of a sudden it was almost like chicken little, the sky is falling again. And yeah, they came back yesterday and they got a point out of that. What could have been a complete disaster. But the fact of the matter is Anaheim got the extra point. Yeah. And now they got it. They're Anaheim's playing out of their minds, right? They got to try to track them down. Got to try to track the flames down. Vegas is eventually going to get healthy again. Edmonton's playing great this year. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a tough road to, to go. I mean, in this, you know what? <laughs> this month, I think, is basically make or break for the entire season. And I, and I hate to say that in the middle of the year. I hate to say that. But well, it is the way though, everybody I mean, else is playing, and now they, brutal schedule. Yeah, and they also play the Wild too. Are playing great hockey right now. Uh, good, who are, who great contributions from uh, Ryan Hartman, who's looking like Kaprizov this year. Yeah, <laughs> I picked him up in my fantasy team. Yeah, he's playing really well. Really well. well. Yeah. It's just it's just hard right now. I mean, when you watch the Kings, you brought in Deneau to be that defensive shutdown player. And so you can open up offense for Kopitar. And we saw that happen for the first few games. But, I mean, Kopitar, is, he's, he's racking up some points. But it's, it's almost like he's been still kind of quiet. Um, but 
it's just because Dustin Brown, you saw the goal last night, which has been great, but he really hasn't been the type of player that he's been. So, I mean, it's just you you just hope that Arthur Kaliev eventually gets a look on the top six for a longer period of time than he did for the first, like, for the few games that he got earlier in the season. I mean, pair him with Deneau, pair him with Kopitar, just give him a longer look to see what he can bring. I mean, his expected goal percentage is, is, is relatively good in terms of the rest of the team. So give him a chance. He's an elite goal scorer, or he's a goal scorer that, that the Kings desperately needed, I mean, or need right now and going forward. So um, we'll see what the lineup looks like going for the rest of the, rest of the month or the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I mean, if it does go bad for the month of December, maybe that'll be the catalyst for them to decide, okay, we're going to put Caleb in the top six, see what happens. We're going to bring Turk out up and see what he can bring. Because you know what? At that point, if it's going to be that hard to get back into the playoff race, what have you got to lose? Yeah. It's and, just, I, and I hate right. to think negative like that. I do. I can't stand it. But it's just, you know, right now looking at this. Oh, yeah. Game, I mean, you might as well get a look at some of your other guys. Uh, I mean, I don't want to pick on him, but one guy that's been kind of needs to get going is Trevor Moore. Yeah. I need yeah. to see more from him. No pun intended. Uh, I kind of went dead quiet after I said that. And I, didn't even, I didn't even mean to. Well, because I don't have the thing that goes. Mwah, mwah. <laughs> it came out and then my eyes were like, oh, it was a dad joke. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because the game last night, I'm, I'm watching it. And I'm, you think about it, if you're a Kings fan. You see Trevor Zegers doing all these ridiculous things between yeah. the legs, yeah. hitting the fuck yeah. out of the between the legs. And then all I can keep thinking is I get these notifications Alex Turcott with a goal in the AHL. And I'm like, okay, when is he going to get a look? Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just hard. It's just, you, you keep hearing about this ridiculous prospect pool. And like I, I, like I mentioned, it's just some Christmas presents that you just see under the tree, but you can never play with until, yep. until presumably whenever Santa decides it's time. So, Hopefully that's soon. Yeah, because you know what? There is such a thing as letting them percolate a little bit too long, too. Mm-hmm. We've talked oh, about man. that before. And then they know? get upset. It's like it's like having this great meal that you're like, oh, man, I can't wait. You put it in the oven, and you, then you leave it in for too long, and then it's ruined. You guys and your analogies, man. I, just I know, can't. right? Well, we have to count your dad jokes. We have to count <laughs> your dad jokes. But, I mean, I, I tweeted it out uh, after he was called up, but, you know, Philip Roberg made his debut with the Oilers. It leaves Alex Turcott as the only member of the 2019 top 10 draft class to have yet to have made his NHL debut. Man, that, that's mm-hmm. got it. I understand he's had some injuries along the way that set him back and stuff, but other guys are moving along now. Yeah, and you see yeah. these some of these like prospects like Dursey who's come up and made an immediate impact. I mean, you're just like, okay, why don't we just keep bringing these young guns up who – who I mean, that, and that's exactly what the Ducks have done. They they haven't yeah. held back. They had Mason McTavish even get a yeah. couple games. Look at Jeremy Drysdale is playing top top pair minutes. Trevor Zegers is the second line center now for that team. I mean, they're not playing great defensively, but it's an exciting game to watch. As opposed it is. to, and I mean, in the, the way they've helped Troy Terry's game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just they're <laughs> opening up, and the fans are enjoying it. And here are the Kings playing this one three one style of boring hockey that I just hate to watch. It's just. Bring some excitement at least. I mean, even if you play the king, the kids and they lack a little bit defensively, I mean, who knows? I mean, at least they'd probably bring a little bit more excitement. The, the fans can enjoy watching the future be developed right before their eyes. 
Yeah, and absolutely. The one, the one thing I really like about Turcotte's game that I think he could bring a lot to this team is he stands in front of the net. How yeah. many times do you see Matt Roy or whoever uh, wind up from the blue line and the goalie has clear sight of the puck? The Kings are getting just this tremendous shot volume. You know, I think they had 18 shots in the first period last night. And, you know, none of them were really contested. Turcotte had his gold, uh, golden goal um, mm-hmm. at the World Juniors last year because he was right in front of the net. Chipped right. it in. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, that's I in, totally isn't, that, isn't that how, like, almost all the goals were scored yeah. yesterday's game? I mean, even yeah. the Grunstrom goal. I mean, you just had players standing in front of the net, traffic. And, Scott, we mentioned this on the last pod that we did. The Kings have the worst shooting percentage in the NHL since 2018. I mean, yeah. that, and that's exactly where they're just throwing pucks on net with no traffic. They're not getting those high-quality chances that they should be getting. And and we saw what can happen last night when you get traffic in front of the net. You, you disrupt, you just throw pucks on net with bodies that are able to deflect pucks or you just bump players around. I mean... That, that sure. needs to happen to happen more and more. Disrupt so, the yeah. sight line or at least make the goalie nervous that if he coughs right. up a rebound, he's in danger of it going in the back of his net. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I messaged you guys last night, you know, put somebody in front of the net. And look what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he mentioned put somebody in front of the net, then he fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone. And he's gone. And he's in front of the net. All right. <laughs> wake, wake me up when that happens. <laughs> Oh, well, guys, I do believe that's about all the time we've got for this episode. Uh, I know, Ryan, that you actually have to go be an adult. So it's uh... a <laughs> uh, so we we do feel sorry for you. But um, <laughs> but anyways, like I said, the uh, the Calgary Flames are coming to town tomorrow night. And I don't know. You know what? The postgame presser with Daryl Sutter might be more interesting than the game itself. Let's see what he draws tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. try to sneak into that one. That should be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, are you going to that one, Russ? Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. Okay, cool. Oh, please keep us updated. I will. I will. <laughs> All righty. Well, hey, listen. Fun episode, guys. That was fun. I think, I think we've covered everything. We've covered dad jokes. We've covered old school wrestling tag teams. We've mm-hmm. got it covered. We made up words on the spot. We just it's, did it all. I know. it. Where, where else are you going to find entertainment like that? <laughs> Don't ask. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> that's all we got. So, For Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening, and go Kings go. See you guys.